Wow, it is so great to see you, and uh, welcome to Timberline. Uh, you guys in the South Auditorium, hi. And I got to worship with you today, and it's just thank you for singing and getting involved and investing. I'm so glad he's alive, aren't you? It just makes all the difference on a beautiful day. Uh, we welcome you to Timberline. If it's your first time here, um, thanks for coming. And if uh, someone drug you here today, we're glad they did. Um, we hope you have a great experience, and we hope that you feel a touch from, from God. There are many great churches here in northern Colorado. We know that. And uh, if you want to get uh, connected a little more here at Timberline, there's a connection card in the chair back right in front of you. Take that out. Put your name on it. If you've been attending a while and haven't taken the time to fill one out, please feel free to do that today. We don't come over to your house or anything, but we will answer questions that you might have. You can check some of the boxes on the back of that card. Give us an email address, and we'll answer that way. Uh, if you want us to contact you, then please uh, put that on the card as well. But I think God really just sees one church, His kids, all over the world. And we're thankful for that. So thanks for being at Timberline today. I, uh, I think it's really powerful that we can come together and celebrate the resurrection in a moment like this. I mean, every day, every day we know He's alive and He lives in us. But there's something about celebrating on the day where you go, man, that's when it all happened, all those hundreds of years ago. There's really only one sermon title you can do on Easter, and that's He is Risen, because that's the power, that's the story, that's why we're here, that's why we're celebrating. And um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. So I, I hope you'll take out a program. On the back of the program, there is an outline that you can follow along and uh, take some notes if you would like to. And uh, if you... If you don't want to, you don't have to, okay? So that's just there in case you might want to. Well, one of the, one of the amazing things about the story of Jesus is that some people don't know what happens in between. Like, like Bonnie, my wife, um, grew up with different phases in her life. Sometimes they went to church regularly. But uh, many years they would go on Christmas and Easter. And she talks in summit class sometimes about how she remembers the stories of him being born and Mary and the angels. And then the next time she's in church, it's about them beating him up and putting him on a cross and he dies. And there's a lot that happened in between. So if you've never really heard the story of Jesus, let me just kind of bring you up to speed with why this is such a big deal today. After he was born and, and the Holy Spirit conceived in this virgin named Mary... And Jesus came to this earth. He left heaven. He came in the form of a little boy. He put skin on. And he was fully God and he was fully man. He grew up in a pretty normal household. At about age 30, he launched a ministry. He went public with who he was. For about three years, he did ministry on the earth. And uh, it was undeniable that he was God. He healed people. Blind eyes were open. Deaf ears were open. And people were like taken by him. Thousands of people began to follow him everywhere he went. And the, the leaders in the Jewish community didn't like it because it was disrupting how they normally believed. And they didn't believe he was the Messiah. And many people were saying he was the Messiah. So it got people really angry and split on that issue until finally... They plotted with Judas betraying Jesus. They plotted his death with the Romans. And they crucified Jesus on the cross. Now, here's the, here's the challenge that we have. We know, because the Bible tells us, that Jesus laid down his life. He chose 
to die on that cross because He could foresee you. That's heavy. I, I, that's, that's why we celebrate, is we are just so grateful that, that He would do such a thing. And His love is that great. And now we can have the joy. We're on this side of the cross and the resurrection. So I'm going to read from 1 Peter. The first thing in your outline is this, the basis of our hope. What is the basis of our hope today? It's this, that God in His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope. His great mercy has given us new birth, that's being born again, spiritually, into a living hope. Now I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. through 9. I'll read half of it now and half of it in a minute. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with this great expectation And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Hope is a fascinating thing. I, I, I live hopeful. I'm always one of those people who tries to live with hope. If you look hope up in the dictionary, it says something like this. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's like, oh, I hope so. And then you kind of believe it and you kind of aren't sure. Uh, other words like um, aspiration, desire, wish, expectation, ambition, plan, design, even dream is listed in the dictionary. Here's the thing about hope that I want you to think about. Hope, to have hope, you must have a basis for it. Like, you don't, you don't just have hope for no reason. There has to be a reason that you are hopeful. When you came in here today and you sat down in this chair, how many of you assumed it would hold you up? Yeah. There's, there's in a sense, hope there when you sit down because there's that moment when... You're in between, sitting and standing, and once you commit, if that chair doesn't hold you. But it has held you every time you've sat in it, and so it doesn't take a lot of faith to sit in it. If that chair collapsed 50% of the time when you sat in it, you would, you would hope it holds you a little more. Why? Because there needs to be a baseline that establishes hope. Your car is the same way. Many of you just hopped in your car today, you drove here, you didn't even think about, will this car get me there? Will this car really get me there? How many of you have a car that when you get in it, you honestly hope it gets you there? Okay, I've had a car like that before. And there's true hope based on past experience. If you had an employer that pays you half of the time, you will hope you get paid until you find another employer. Our hope has a baseline that God sent Jesus and Jesus died and rose from the dead. That's why we have this hope and this glorious joy. Number two, let's look at the benefit of our hope, not just the basis for it. What's the benefit of this hope we have? It's really our new life is filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. This is straight out of Scripture that I'm going to read right now, that phrase, filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Joy. It starts with verse 6. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. 
Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, that means in this lifetime, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your soul. That is a pretty big reward. (laughs) It's worth trusting. When I put my hope and my faith and my life into the hands of the God who made me, all kinds of things can happen. See, a benefit is that you get God through Jesus Christ and you get eternity. A benefit is one of those things that you can't really... It's like thrown in. And because Jesus did this, we have the benefit of that. That's why it's worth having hope. Now there's four things next in your outline that I want to talk about. Because these are sort of what I would call the takeaways that we need to have because of Easter. Because of resurrection. And I think I've listed it there as because He is risen, we get to have these four things. And I'm going to use some blocks to illustrate it. The first thing that we get is... You can live forgiven. You can actually live forgiven. Now, bear with me because these are, these are, these are real. And they're super heavy. Um, like, like sin is heavy. And, and it's a trial and it's a struggle. And if you have to, if you have to bear your own sin, you're going to carry this around. And let me tell you something, it won't be easy. That's, that's the power of the cross is that it allows you not to have to carry your sin because Jesus carried it for you. That's a big deal. Because some of you right now, if you're not following Jesus, the weight that's on you that, that burdens you down, it's guilt. It's heaviness. It's, it's all kinds of stuff that is tough to handle by yourself. I want to tell you something about forgiveness. And we'll move on to the second one. And this is fascinating. Forgiveness is granted, never earned. You, you, can, you can earn trust back. But if you say to someone, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? They can say no. I hope they don't. God wants us to live with forgiveness in our heart. But forgiveness is always given. And that creates a dilemma for us because I can't demand it. I can't say, you have to forgive me. I can't make it happen. That's, that's why this is powerful, is that we are granted forgiveness because Jesus earned it. Jesus paid the price when He died for all of our sins it gave it to us. So that's, that's the mystery of the gospel is you can't earn this thing. You can't just get better as a person. I hear people all the time, well, I'm just going to do better and maybe I'll make it. No, that has nothing to do with you making it. It has to do with you trusting Jesus who already earned it. And you are granted forgiveness. That's, that's a miracle. The second thing 
because he is risen, is that you can truly overcome struggles, trials, temptation. You don't have to live stuck. The next service, I'm going to be going. <laughs> you don't have to live stuck. The, the power of this is really that because Jesus overcame death, with His grace and His mercy and His Spirit. See, God sent Jesus. Jesus died and resurrected, went back to the Father where He is now. But He sent who? Jesus left the Holy Spirit here on the earth. And the Holy Spirit is that mystery that causes us to be convicted, to feel sorry for things, to be overwhelmed, to have deeper joy than we've ever had. The Spirit is real. And when you invite the Spirit of God to be part of your life, I'm telling you, you can have victory over those temptations and those struggles. You know what's a challenge to me as a pastor and knowing people and knowing our human nature? There are people right here in this room, there are people right there in the South Auditorium today that... Before this day is over, unless God really touches you today and you have victory to overcome your struggles, you're going to end up in a bad place even yet today. Some of you have addictions that are so real that before you go to sleep tonight, there could be illegal drugs in your system or legal drugs in your system. There are going to be people who went to church today that are going to end up drunk somewhere tonight. Why? Because they don't really know that they can overcome. They don't really believe they can overcome that label that's part of their life. And I want to tell you something. This day isn't about just us coming together and singing some songs and saying, Yay, God. This day is about you understanding that you can have freedom in your life. And you don't have to have the chains holding you back. You can reach your fullest potential. Why? Because that's why Jesus came. That's why He did what He did. And you can have the Holy Spirit of God walking with you, having discernment and overcoming and putting the right people around you. Nothing can own you if you trust the Lord and you can make it through the trials and you can make it through the temptations. And thirdly, you can live with the purposes of God. And this is, this is where it gets exciting because all of you have a timeline. And I want this bar to represent that timeline. Yes, we're making a cross. <laughs> okay. You know where we're going with this. Yeah, this is the crossbar. We'll complete it in a minute. But I want you to, for right now, for our purposes, I want you to view this as, have you ever heard the phrase, your dash between the years? On an obituary... It'll say like, you know, 1947, and then there's a little dash. And then on this side of the dash, it says 2008. And that's the years you lived. How many of you were born? <laughs> Some of you. Anybody hatched? How many of you actually know the date that you were born? Okay. Do you remember it? No, you probably don't. As a matter of fact, you don't even really know that's the real date. You just trust. You just trust. You know that you're alive, and so you had to be born, but 
Someone wrote it down for you, and they say, this is your birthday. We all have a date when we were born. We all have a date, but we just don't know what this one is yet. But if the Lord doesn't return in our lifetime, we're all going to die. How many of you realize that? So, so your purpose on this earth has to happen somewhere on this timeline. You plan for it. You have relationships around it. And there's a lot of yo-yo rides that we take on that timeline. But the joy of this is when you decide to live with purpose and meaning, you get intentional about what you want your life to be. And I, I think this is intentional living is a part of this resurrection story. I just put down, I'm going to give them to you real fast. They're not going to pop up on the screen. Five things that, that help me live with intention. Number one is be fully present. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be fully engaged. Give yourself to this right here, right now. Pay attention. Look around. Be aware. Let, the, let God talk to you. When, when you're driving, when you're talking to someone, when my wife is talking to me, I don't, I'm not reading the paper. I'm, I'm fully engaged. If, if you come up and talk to me, I'm not going to be looking around waving at everybody else because I want to be fully present. Number two, um, go into the open doors that God gives you. I, I see so many people, but I'm afraid to go on that missions trip. Well, God's opening a door for you. But I'm afraid. Well, overcome that. Go through the doors that God opens. Live with that intention. That's part of the purpose. And then number three, live content. Live content. Um, I think people with gratitude, they have what it takes. Always be thankful, you guys. People always want more, bigger, better, grass is greener. Live with grateful for what you have. Number four, treasure your relationships most. I've been there. I've been in the room when people breathe their last breath. As a pastor, I'm around death quite a bit. And you know who's usually in the room? Family. They're going to be with you. Make sure you have your relationships in order. Live with intention. The last one is be a lifelong learner. Be someone who is not afraid to learn and keep growing. It doesn't mean you have to be a student your whole life in college. But I love what Dick Foth says. We are all ignorant, just in different places. How true that is. So let's be learners. The last thing, you can live with fulfillment. If you are living in the purposes of God, then you can actually live with fulfillment in your life. And that's, that's really important because... Fulfillment doesn't just happen. Fulfillment is something that you strive for and you try to do. Okay, let's have prayer. You try. <laughs> Woo! When I when I have this these pieces as a part of my life, when I when I live forgiven and I know I'm forgiven. When I understand that I can make it through the trials of life because of what Jesus did on this cross, when I realize I can live with purpose, then I also know that there is great fulfillment that I can have in my life. I, uh, I had, Bonnie and I had our, oh, our once a year yard work day a couple weeks ago. I hate it. I know some of you love to work in the yard. I just, I do not have that demon in me. I just don't. Bonnie likes it. I'm glad, but she needs my help with some of the bigger things. And so I, uh, 
I say, okay, if we can do it all in one day, I'm in. So we got the truck, and we have this backyard. When we built the house, we, we had no trees. We put the yard in, and I, I'm thinking, why did we plant all these trees? Because they leaf out, and they grow, and the leaves fall off like every year. And sometimes in the corners by our fence, they're this deep. And, and so I went and bought one of these suction things for leaves. Really cool thing. But the problem is, I was sucking up these leaves. I was so excited. This was so fun. Like 30 seconds goes by and this bag is full. And I haven't even gotten this far down into the pile. So I'm going to be emptying this bag. So forget that. I get in the rake and just get it over the fence to the neighbors. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. We cut all these big, tall grasses. She loves these big grasses, and they get big. You have to cut them down. How many, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You do this. And so we filled this truck up full. I'm out up there jumping, trying to pack it down because you have to tarp it, and we're going to take it to the dump. And actually, we shouldn't say dump. What's, that's not the right politi- political word. What's it called? Landfill. Yeah, landfill. Landfill. So we took off toward the dump, and we got there. <laughs> And so we have this truck full. We get there and out on Taft. Have you ever been there? And we went to pull in and like traffic was backed up clear to the road. Like that's how long the line was. And, and there's two lines. And I'm thinking we're going to be here for hours. And I don't like lines. I just never have. It's not my favorite thing. And so I'm pulling in and then, I, then what happens? You know what happens. You start looking at which line is going to go faster. Like counting the cars. One, two, three, four, four. Oh, there's 13 cars in this line. One, two, three. Oh, but that's two trucks. They're long. They're going to go faster. I'm getting this. So I get in this line. And then you know exactly where you would have been had you stayed in that line. Does anyone else have this problem? Raise your hand. Confess. And my wife knows me so well. We talk. We're chatting and all this. And, we're, we're, and I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit because I got in the wrong line. So... So we get up there. She hasn't said a thing to me about it. So we're about to go onto the scale. And she says, so how many cars were ahead of us if we got in that line? And I said, two. But we went back to the yard, and it was so clean. We sat down, turned the fountain on, sat on these chairs. And I could see the tulips that were coming up. I could see some flowers that she had planted. It all looked so nice. And I sat there, and I just had this moment like, I'm fulfilled. I'm fulfilled. I told Bonnie, he said, honey, I'm really fulfilled about this. And she said, so now you like working in the yard? I'm like, no. I like it when it's done. I like it when it's done. And here's the thing. This is done. Now you can, now you can enjoy all the stuff that he did because he did that work part. And now it's yours to enjoy. I like that deal. I'll take him up on that. You don't have to live fake. You know, hypocrisy is a big thing, and we talk about living fake. We're going to close with this one thought. I have some things here that I want you to tell me if they're real or fake. One is real and one is fake. Can you tell? Okay, I'm going to hold one up. How many of you think this is the fake one? No, this is the fake one. Okay, you thought I was tricking you or something, didn't you? Well, this is the fake one. We'll see how good you are at this.
pairs. How many of you think this is the fake one? No, this is the fake one. I took the little sticker off of this one and put it on that one. (laughs) I'm ahead of you, aren't I? (laughs) That was good. I'm glad I thought to do that. How many think this is the fake one? You guys aren't very committed. How many think this is the fake one? They're both real. That's, that's not very nice, is it? Let me tell you why I did that. It's because we go through life so often trying to measure people up. And when you're around too many fake people over and over and over again, you start to see everybody as a fake. And not everybody is a fake. Because Jesus can make you authentic. And you can be who God made you to be. That's what this story allows and provides for. You don't have to live as a fake. Let's pray. Lord, it's powerful to us that you love us this much. And I thank you that you've called us to righteousness and holiness, but you made it possible. You paid the price. You did all the work. You took it to the landfill. And now we get to sit and enjoy the yard. We get to bask in your presence and the work of the Spirit. We are really humbled by that, Lord. Thank you so much. With heads bowed, some of you are separated from the Lord. And you can know it because the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart right now. The Bible says you can't even really come to faith unless the Spirit draws you. So it's a good thing if you feel the Spirit of God drawing you toward Him. And you have to make a decision. And you have to say, Lord, I submit and I surrender my life and I want Your way, not my way. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now that allows that to happen. Let faith grow right now in your heart. Lord, I believe this story is true. I confess my sins to you now. Please forgive me. I can't earn it. I can't do better. I can only accept what you have given, and that is forgiveness. So by faith, I ask that I be forgiven. I will give you my future. I will give you my life. Plant seeds in me now that will last for years all the way into eternity. I give you my heart. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you that would say, I'm a fake. I love God. I say I love God. But my lifestyle and the things hidden in my life, I hope are never exposed. You guys, all of us have these places. But we need to surrender them to God. And now's a great time to do that. Just tell him right now. Just tell him right while I'm even talking. Say, Lord, I surrender this to you. I don't have to live with this addiction. I need victory. Show me how to invite someone into my life to talk to about this so that I have real accountability. I want that freedom. And I want to live with intentionality. Lastly, some of you have things you just need to overcome. We are called overcomers because of what Jesus did. So, Lord, I pray for all of us in these rooms today that we will be overcomers. 
that we will not live overwhelmed, but we will overcome. Because of the blood of the Lamb. Because of your price, not what we could ever do. We accept it by faith and we trust you for the glory of God. And everyone said amen. (laughs) Amen. I love you guys. What a joy. What a joy to be with you today on this resurrection morning. It's fun. Let's give him praise. He's an amazing God. Powerful. Um, Ushers, would you come right now? We're going to receive our regular offering. And uh, if you're a guest today, we do not expect you to give in this offering. Just be our guest. This is when you would drop the connection card in as it goes by. If you are a part of Timberline, um, but you only come to church like Christmas and Easter, then you need to give a lot of money today. This is your only chance for a lot of months. But I really thank those of you who have caught the vision of Timberline and support it regularly. And you're so generous. God bless you in that. Sing this song as you give today.